Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that has taken the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Welcome, everybody, to In Off the Bench's newest show called The Hot Corner with hosts Alex Day and AJ Sessions from College Baseball Central. And I couldn't think of a better way to get started than to have two guests, two superstar guests, in Ethan Petrie from South Carolina Baseball and Charlie Condon from Georgia Baseball. So let's get into it, boys. All right, welcome in, everybody. Episode one of The Hot Corner with AJ and Alex, my co-host AJ, and we are joined with special guest Ethan Petrie of the South Carolina Gamecocks. I know, AJ, I know you're excited for this one. Oh, absolutely. Coming <laughs> on, too. Ethan, how are we doing today? Good, good, good. Just ready for the Fall World Series. Are you going to hit another one 109, or are you going to try to you know, go 110 today? Well, we'll see. I mean, we we got to get a win today because we got to force a home run derby. I like that. Especially oh, is, that, with- is that the tiebreaker? Yeah. So we didn't have enough pitching to play three games, so we got to do a tiebreaker for uh, so a home run derby. Now would it be one v one or like a three v three deal? It's like it's a four v four, but three guys are hit are hitters and one guy's a pitcher. Ooh. Need to record that one. Yeah. You need to win so we can record that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, so, Ethan, how's uh, how's the fall been going for you, man? Good. I, I'm enjoying it a lot. You know, it's just uh, we we've been hitting really good, pitching really good, and the team looks really solid. Yeah, it seems like last year it was, you know, you knew what you had on the mound, and then a lot of who's going to step up at the plate. And this year, it's kind of the opposite. You know, I think you're losing Wimmer and McGillis. And then outside of that, you potentially could be returning every starting position player. Um, yeah, obviously yeah. you're you're going to try to slide in right field to start out the year instead of you know a weekend this time. Um, but the mound is really yeah. Eli had a ton of big innings last year. You got guys like Austin Williamson and Chris Veach who proved that they could be guys out of the pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Becker's obviously been there, but I think the question mark this year is the pitching. What what have you seen from the new guys coming in to kind of bolster those returners? They've been great. Our transfers have been great. You know, even the young guys, even the freshmen, are going to be insane on the mound. They they've been uh, really good, really electric on the mound, and you know they they have the guts to have what it takes to pitch in the SEC, and it's been showing all fall. I mean, we've had like four freshmen that you know are just dominant against our top tier hitters so it's it's been really good to see you always need more pitching yep yeah so even who is the pitcher you least look forward to facing uh this year probably tyler pitzer he's a freshman who's like really good like 24 inches of horizontal break on a slider wow that doesn't sound very fun yeah, it's, it's, that's not fun. He's, he's he's a stud, and he's a competitor. Yeah, you always like when those guys are in your uniform. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so I don't know how much y'all paid attention in the locker room yesterday to the, the permanent opponent release. Um, I imagine, you know, one of those teams definitely caught y'all's eye. Uh, the South Carolina-Florida series, that's always yep. – Yeah. I, I, I think it's – arguably the best baseball you're going to see in the SEC East a series, no matter where it is um, every year, it's going to be highly competitive, highly talented baseball, and it's highly contentious. Um, mm-hmm. They were number one when they came into founders and y'all swept them um, that, but they've also knocked us out of the playoffs out of the postseason the last two years. Um, what was, 
kind of South Carolina's reaction or your reaction to um, seeing Florida be one of the permanent opponents? Well, yeah, I mean, seeing that, you, you just know you're going to play them every year just because they're always a dominant force. And, you know, it's always going to be a tough series. And having them be the opponent permanently, I mean, you just got you to bring your best every time against them. And, you know, you can't count Kentucky out either because I, I believe they're on the same caliber as them. And they're they're very talented, very small ballish, And they, they come out and they come out and do everything – for the team, for the like, for their uh, teammates, and they're very uh, selfless, and they're coached very well over there in Kentucky too. Yeah, you definitely can't overlook Kentucky. This isn't Kentucky of what people thought they were, you know, four or five years ago. This is a team that hosted a regional, went into Baton Rouge and beat LSU. Um, I believe they had the most runs scored off of Paul Skeens in a full game. I know South Carolina tried to push it, but the weather got in the way. Um, <laughs> But it was that, that's a very very gritty team that just wears on you, um, and, and one of those teams who I see on the schedule, and I'm not happy to be playing that kind of team. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we got a, a pretty tough one, and that's I mean that's that's how it is in SEC. I mean everybody's tough. Yeah, you're not going to get an easy one. Yeah. All right, so, Where's your? Uh... So where's your favorite place to play in the SEC other than Founders? Uh, probably uh, Mississippi State. Yeah, you like the dude? The dude? Uh, the dude is legendary. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, their fans are awesome, and you know, they're very welcoming, and they they give you food after series, even if win or lose. <laughs> so they're very class act. Yeah, never gonna say no to free food, especially there. They yeah. know how to they know how to cook. Mm-hmm. So where are you looking forward to playing the most this year? Um, probably Ole Miss. I want to see how these beer showers are. <laughs> well, hopefully you don't see too many of them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ethan. Any, uh... any inside tidbits as you know, guys to look out for freshmen this fall? I know you'd mentioned Pitzer. Uh, what about on the offensive side of the ball? Anybody who can. You know, work their way into the lineup. Ryan Bakes, Ryan Bakes, and Tristan Salinas. They they might be able to work their way into the lineup. They have uh, top tier at bats. I mean, quality at bats every time. And, you know, they they are hitting really high in the Fall World Series lineup. So I mean, they could they usually punch their way in the lineup if you know someone's struggling, even off the bench. You know, because they're they're very talented young hitters. So last year, Ethan, you know, you uh, you lit the world on fire. I mean, you were one of the best, if not, you know, arguably the best freshman in the SEC last year, maybe in the country. And, um, you know, what uh, what were you looking to improve on over this offseason and try and get better at? Uh, probably a little bit more athletic in the outfield, you know, and uh, uh, step up my defense a little bit and then obviously stay with my approach that I had last year, you know, knockout punch to the right center every time. So, and also be a little bit more disciplined at the plate and like take my walks when I, when I know in the situation where there's two outs and a man on man on first or nobody on, I got to be more patient and be in the zone more than ever because, you know, someone could easily just give up free base and just, just let me get on base. And then, cause I mean, if, if they want to do that, I mean, I don't think they would want to do that this year cause I got Cole Messina hitting behind me and Cassis and, a bunch of other guys. So, I mean, probably the best lineup one through nine in the country. Yeah. You actually been able to get reps in right field during the off season to be able to get familiar with that. I remember watching you, you know, your first couple of weeks out there, you were kind of not happy to get a really high fly ball or one close to the, the tarp out there. Like you weren't really looking forward to that. How's your comfort level been with actually being able to get consistent reps out there? Much better. You much better. I know where the wall is now. I know where, how close I am to the warning track. How many steps I am from the wall when I hit the warning track. You know, I run into the wall now, catching balls instead of, you know, letting up like I did because I have I had no awareness because it was my first year playing outfield ever in my life. So, <laughs> it was it's pretty, you know, it's pretty tough to play the outfield, especially right field. The ball's always moving a certain way. Righty's slicing away from you, 
lefties is top spinning away from you. So, and our sun is really bad in the fall. So, I, you know, it's preparing me for if we go away and we have a bad sun ball, I can I can work with it because our sun's probably the worst in the SEC. Yeah, and the wind can form a jet stream out there a little bit too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yesterday, Lee Croy hit a ball that was like probably 98 off the bat, and I had to run. I was running at it, and all of a sudden it took off. And I had to run back to the warning track to grab it. So it was, it was, a, it, the wind just blows out crazy here. So how's the, uh, how's the team chemistry? You know, how are you guys, how do you guys get along? You know, and what do you, what do you guys do for fun outside of uh, practice? Well, we had a, uh, we had 24 guys come in and you know, that's a lot. And we've been all, always hanging out every day. And I'm sure you've heard about the new Fortnite update. You know, we've been playing Fortnite every day, playing Zone Wars with each other and having a lot of fun. And, you know, that's that's kind of way we bond together. And obviously we had a, like a little Halloween get together where we all had costumes. And, you know, that, that was really fun. But this team's getting really close. And, you know, it started off a little slow, you know, kind of like separate people, separate groups. And all of a sudden, like it just started meshing together. And. Our past like three weeks of scrimmages have been the best I've ever seen scrimmages here in South Carolina. Yeah, I heard you know how to third party a one on one pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the best on the team. I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, we also know that Connor McCreary is not the best on the team. He might be the worst. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So who had the best costume at the uh, this costume party? Oh, um, well, I had Han Solo and everyone thought I was Indiana Jones. So definitely not me. <laughs> you were just Harrison Ford in general. Like, yeah. Um, I like Ivan Stones. He was Anakin Skywalker and his girlfriend was Padme. He could be a good Anakin. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the costumes that night. Oh, uh, Tyler Causey had a Greek god because he's like six seven, like he's <laughs> yeah. six seven two forty or like two twenty five. Like he's a he's a he's a, he's a monster. I mean, I remember there was a report that came out. He hit like three balls, like one ten or plus, in the same day. And you're yeah. just like, yeah, unreal, it, unreal juice. I haven't seen something like that. Him and Dallas. Yeah, that's that's something I I want to get in person to see. Yeah, yeah, you definitely want to see it. So it sounds like you guys are going to hit a lot of bombs this year. Yeah, I think I think I think our lineup one through nine can all knock it out of the park willingly. So it's gonna be it's gonna be great to see. You know, we got Kennedy Jones from UNCG, who's obviously got the tools, got the power, got everything with him. So he's gonna put a lot of balls out. Yeah, any sneaky transfers that kind of flew under the radar? I mean, we know guys like Ty Good, who was, you know, Colonial Pitcher of the Year. Um, any other transfer guys that you're, you know, maybe didn't catch the attention of like a Kennedy Jones who played in the Cape and had that recognition that have really kind of balled out this fall? Uh, Tyler Dean, he's very, very electric arm, 95, 97. I mean, he's throwing the hell out of it, and he's got – an insane breaking ball. You got uh, Garrett Ganey. He's from uh, Liberty. Mm-hmm. He's very, very high-strung lefty that just throws cheese down down the plate, all over the plate, and he he knows how to knows how to maneuver his pitches. Got a really good changeup, and he's he's been he's been really dominant this fall. And we've we've got a lot of transfer pitchers that have been really dominant. Again, can never have too much pitching, and yep. it's always good to introduce. You know, new looks. We got guys who are like six seven, and we got you know lefties who can throw hellacious curveballs, and then yep, you got just you know, power righties. We you, you need all of those in the SEC. You can't just have one archetype. Yep. Yeah, I think there's one thing we learned last year watching LSU in Florida is that you know power arms and power bats, and that's that's the way to win here in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a juggernaut fight. But we also learned is you need to throw strikes. Yes, so, yes. Strikes, strikes, strikes are huge. Strikes. <laughs> We've been filling it up all fall, so it should be should be a good spring. 
Yeah, I just hope that some of the guys working back from injury, you know, can be healthy by the spring and get locked in and get ready to go. Because there's, you know, there's a healthy amount of good pitching currently sidelined, which you'd rather have it sidelined in the fall than the spring. Yeah, exactly. Kimball Kimball will be back in uh, in the probably January. Be 100% in January. Veach will be back in January. Uh, and we got a freshman pitcher, McCoy. He'll be back in January. Uh, Ricky will be back some sometime during the spring because I don't I don't know when, but he's 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 working really fast and he's doing really good. Polk was the same way. Matthew Michael Polk from uh, Georgia transfer who's who's been throwing the hell out of it in uh, little flat grounds. Yeah, I'm excited to see Polk because I remember watching him throw when he was at Georgia, and I was like, "There's more velo in him than you would think." Just looking at him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a, he's a strong kid. Well, cool, Ethan. We appreciate you uh, taking the time. We don't want to uh, take any more of your time up today, but uh, we appreciate, it and we'll uh, look forward to seeing you playing in the spring, and uh, you know, hopefully, you uh, you know break the single season SEC home run record. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, it's it's always good when you hear that fall stuff is always competitive. You don't want hitters just crushing pitchers or hitters just walking all the time. Um, and you also don't want no offense because that's also concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of the report we've gotten a couple of years from South Carolina is, hey, our pitching's really good. Offense, we don't know. Got a couple of guys. Um, but this year it seems like the offense, like Ethan said, is going to be deep. Yeah, I think that's going to be kind of the story of the SEC this year. You know, you lost a lot of the big, big time arms, uh, you know, in the draft. So, we'll, I mean, obviously, new arms are going to emerge. There's going to be guys that we haven't, we don't know their names, you know, now that are going to be household names by the end of the season. Uh, but uh, you know, it seems like most of the, uh, you know, most of these schools are going to be led by offense, and then we'll see about the pitching. Yeah, and it's always, you know, it's weird because when the season starts, you know, they say pitching has a head start on hitting. So it's um, it's going to be interesting to see by the time SEC play gets going, who is the who is where with their rotation and their lineups. So, but I know we I know we came on to talk um, to talk about the permanent opponents. So. Yes. We talk South Carolina. Um, we will have Charlie Condon coming on later, so we're going to save Georgia for the end. Um, and so, Alex, where do you want to start to fill up that middle? Oh, uh, well, we could start with uh, with my LSU Tigers. Uh, you know, I think they they got their permanent opponents of uh, Mississippi State and Texas A and M. Uh, Mississippi State's obviously the right choice for LSU. You know, that's. Uh, you know that's the two uh, the two teams that really built the SEC when you, when it comes to baseball, um, you know between LSU and Mississippi State, and you know that's a that's a bitter rivalry and that just makes a ton of sense. But uh, you know the Texas A and M piece is kind of uh, you know kind of weird. I mean they've been trying to make uh, LSU and A and M uh, you know rivals for for a long time since A and M joined the conference and. Um, I mean, it kind of makes sense geographically because, I mean, Houston, you know, that's a big, uh, big ground for uh, for LSU and for Texas A&M. But, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I saw a lot of the thing on Twitter was instead of A&M, they wanted Arkansas um, and have an LSU-Arkansas permanent opponent. Um which I, I don't think anyone would be opposed to, um, but it is you know, kind of the geographic and when you're trying to fit so many pieces together, it, it does get difficult. I am happy that they got the LSU Mississippi state correct. Cause without that, that would feel like just a, you know, a gaping wound in sec baseball. Cause that's just one of the, you know, those are the two names for sec baseball and you need to have those play each other, especially they're at, they're in the same division for however long we had divisions and they played each other every year. And then to take that away would just feel wrong. So I, I am happy that they got that right. Get LSU and 
we mentioned AM, so why not we let's just flow off of AM. Um because again for AM we have one that makes complete sense in Texas AM in Texas. Um again, uh, Texas AM in Texas, that just makes sense. Um and again, AM LSU, maybe not the best fit, but definitely two teams that I could see being forced into being rivals. <laughs> um but I, I think college baseball will love Texas A&M Texas every year. Yeah, I think yeah Texas A&M Texas. I mean that's 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 a no brainer. I mean those two schools. You know I live uh, right outside Austin. And I can tell you those two fan bases absolutely hate each other, and it's uh, it's really sad that they haven't uh, had more of a chance to interact since A&M left for the SEC. But you know with Texas coming back in, you know that's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, that series is always going to be a ton of fun to watch. I kind of wish instead of LSU that they would have had Arkansas. Uh, I think a and Arkansas is a good rivalry. Um, old Southwest Conference kind of deal. But, uh, but you know, like I said, when, for LSU, it's uh, it makes some sense. Yeah. I mean, it's just unfortunately, like when you have 16 names, you're going to have some that you look at and go, really? But it's the SEC and there's going to be literally good baseball played everywhere. It's just a matter of kind of trying to preserve some of the rivalries. And there are some schools like with <laughs> LSU where a lot of teams want to play LSU. LSU wants to play Ole Miss. Ole Miss wants to play LSU. LSU wants to play Arkansas. That So if you have teams who want to play you and you don't have the spot, that's a good problem to have. You'd rather have people hate you because you're good than people not care about you. So for all the fan bases that are, you know, looking at, oh, Arkansas should be playing these people. Um, Ole Miss should be playing these people. Mississippi State, LSU. Um, if more people want to play you than get to play you, that's good for your program. That means people actually want to see your team play and actively dislike your team, which is hatred fuels all in sports. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And then moving on to the next one. So we got Vanderbilt with uh, their permanent opponents being Tennessee and Kentucky. I mean, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, that makes a ton of sense. You know, earlier you were talking about, uh, you know, South Carolina and Florida being permanent opponents and that rivalry, you know, being one of the best in the SEC East. Uh, You know, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, or sorry, Vanderbilt, Tennessee is uh, right up there with it too. Yeah, especially, again, one of those things where if you look at it, six years ago it's Vanderbilt why are they playing Tennessee and Kentucky they get two pushovers and now it's you look at Vandy and Tennessee and that's gonna be a very heated series every year and then Kentucky's no pushover um, yeah again hosted a regional last year so uh, there is and it makes sense regionally like geographically like everything is you play who you are in Tennessee and then go north a little bit to Kentucky for Vandy from Nashville. And it's, I, I think that the committee got that 100% correct. That is exactly who I think should be paired up to play Vanderbilt. Yeah, 100%. You know, and then looking at uh, Tennessee's permanent opponents of well, Vanderbilt, which we already talked about, and then Alabama. I mean, yeah, Tennessee and Alabama, especially in football, right, the third Saturday in October, you know, those two fan bases don't like each other. Uh, so, the, you know, that makes sense. And, it's kind of a little bit of a break from for Tennessee because uh, you know Alabama's not uh, not exactly top tier in the SEC. Yeah, and for them, it is. Um, I'm not going to equate them to a Missouri in terms of how hard it is to get people there because um, Alabama's proven they can get guys there. It's holding on to them that's been kind of a bigger issue for them. Um, but Alabama, we've seen them make runs in the top 25. We've seen them, you know put themselves in the hosting conversation. We have seen very good baseball be played in Tuscaloosa. And again, in the SEC, if you try to overlook them, you're going to get a guy like Andrew Pinckney who's going to pop up out of nowhere and just ruin your weekend. Yeah, Pinky, Pinckney was a stud last year. And uh, he's. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Alabama this year after you know the whole debacle with uh, you know Brad Bohannon and uh, – his horrible attempt at uh, at cheating or not at cheating, but at betting. Yeah, uh, that, there was nothing smooth about that. It was 
Like, if you're going to try to do something like that, at least try to hide it. Yeah. He was really bad at that. But, uh, you know, looking back at these permanent opponents, so looking at Mississippi State, I mean, you got Ole Miss and LSU. We already talked about Mississippi State and LSU, but Mississippi State and Ole Miss, I mean, that that makes a total sense. You can't you can't have one without the other. Yep, has to happen. And, again, if, I, if I'm Mississippi State and you make me pick two opponents, those are the two I pick. 100% all day, every day. Right, so next we got uh, Mizzou getting OU and Arkansas. I mean, I guess Mizzou's got to, you know, somebody's got to play Mizzou. Uh, and OU coming in, you know, their first year in the league, and they get they get Mizzou. And then Arkansas, I mean, that kind of makes sense just because geographically. And I think that's pretty much what Mizzou got was just the two closest schools to them geographically. Yeah, and, I mean, you go look at A&M, they got Texas. You look at Mizzou, they got Oklahoma. It was – old big 12 rivalries, they were always going to pair one of those two together. Um, so that's, that's the OU answer. And then, then for Arkansas, it did come down to, yeah, I, they don't really like each other. I think Mizzou actively doesn't like Arkansas. Arkansas kind of has other people that they care more about than Mizzou. Um, but this right here could create a rivalry in terms of Arkansas going, Mizzou's beneath us. All it takes is Mizzou to walk in and you know take two of three in Fayetteville and be like, oh, we're beneath you now. Like, and Mizzou's very capable of doing that year in and year out. I, don't believe me? Ask Tennessee last year. Start off SEC play, Tennessee gets swept at Mizzou. And it's you know, it, it's a always a, a gritty ball club. I think they're a year or two behind where Kentucky is now but they can very much put themselves in that conversation with that style of play. And it gets cold there. I don't think a lot of SEC teams like playing in the cold. Yeah. You know I mean? Mizzou had a great start to the year last year. And then they just got ravaged by injuries. Um, so it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see, you know, the team this year and, and how they improve uh, from year to year, getting a lot of those guys back. Yeah. Getting a new head coach. That's going to be um, uh, a, it can either go one or two ways. You can either kind of lose some of your guys, which they did to the transfer portal, but they're also injecting new life and energy into a program um, that frankly, I'm excited to see who else comes out of it. And so going on the next one. So we got OU Mizzou, which we just talked about. And then OU Texas. I mean, that's, that's as obvious as obvious gets. Yeah. Again, there's Texas is always going to play OU. OU is always going to play Texas. And then, Mizzou, you're going to get paired up with either Texas or Oklahoma. So here we are, and I think it's I, I think it's a pretty good permanent opponent for Oklahoma regionally, uh, like geographically. And then they're just going to you know alternate between getting kicked in the teeth by one half of the SEC or the other. <laughs> yeah, you know Oklahoma. I mean. I mean, they were in the College World Series two years ago. I mean, they that's a good program, but you know, they 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 have a tendency to be a little bit up and down as a program. So we'll see how they uh, if they can be as consistent as some of the other big name programs, you know, in the SEC. Um, so moving on, we got uh, South Carolina, which we kind of already talked about. South Carolina, Kentucky, and Florida. Uh, you know, mentioned them already, and then uh, Georgia. So we got Georgia and Florida, and then Georgia and Auburn as yeah, their look- two. Let's save him for when we get Charlie Condon on here in a little bit. Um, but I, I, I'm excited to see, just a quick comment, I'm excited to see what Wes Johnson can do because Georgia to me is a sleeping giant. They are in prime recruiting territory. Um, they they have a guy who they can build around as a head coach. I'm excited to see where he's able to take Georgia in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to talking to Charlie Condon about is what you know what dynamics have changed you know at Georgia with with Wes Johnson coming in because you know I'm sure from I mean Wes Johnson's a great coach in his own right and I'm sure uh, you know especially on the pitching side um, and then I'm sure he learned a lot from Jay Johnson when it came to recruiting and just being that that relentless recruiter uh, so you know it'll uh, it'll be fun to see what what he's able to do there. So moving on to uh, to Kentucky. So we kind of already talked about them, you know, with each with, with South Carolina and Vanderbilt as their two permanent opponents. 
But uh, what Nick Mangione has done up there in, in Kentucky and kind of reshaping that team, and you know they they play an old school style of baseball, a style of baseball you really don't usually see in the SEC. But man, they play it really well and it works. And it's so frustrating to play against, um, especially if they can get you know their leadoff guy on base and create a little bit of havoc on the base paths. You're like, we just we just want a, a breath. We just want a break. And they don't strike out a lot. They're not going to blow you away with their stuff on the mound usually um, until they get in their bullpen. And then they do have some dudes who can who can execute some pitches and shut you down. But it's it's a lot of they don't beat themselves. And in college baseball, a lot of teams beat themselves pretty often. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky's just an extremely well-coached uh, baseball team. And like you said, they just don't make mistakes. They just play a really clean brand of baseball. And uh, I mean, they're they're fun to watch just because they're always running. It's always there's always something happening when Kentucky's at bat. Yeah. And they got a ton of upperclassmen back this year. So they're returning a ton of experience off of a team that really took the next step for where they were the previous years. They, they I think they really played how they wanted to play last year. Um, you know, obviously. They didn't want their season to end in Baton Rouge. But if you're going to have your season end in a Super, it might as well be to the eventual national champion, you know? For sure. So, But they, they wouldn't surprise me at all um, if they were exactly back in that situation and people look up and go, Kentucky? Yeah, Kentucky. They can play. 100%. All right, so moving on, Ole Miss. So their permanent opponents, Mississippi State, which we already talked about, and then Arkansas. Uh, I, I think Ole Miss fans are probably pretty happy with this draw. Uh, you know, Mississippi State, obviously, that's that was a no-brainer. Uh, and then Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas and Ole Miss, I mean, that's that's a pretty good uh, – those are two really good teams and two big-time uh, fan bases that, you know, maybe – I don't know if they're exactly rivals, but, you know, they, they're – passionate fan bases they both love their baseball and so that's going to be a ton of fun oh absolutely i mean again rivals in the sec west i feel like there are levels um because you have your um you know your old miss mississippi state um it's not on that level but there is definitely tension and animosity in the air when arkansas fans are at old miss or when old miss fans are trying to attend a game at arkansas like those are hostile environments for both opposing teams. Um, it's always going to be great baseball played between those two programs. Uh, it is perennially one of, if I had to circle kind of my under, you know, outside of my rivalry picks series that I make locked in on. It's one of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that's always great brand of baseball. And those are great facilities with great fan bases. And, um, you know, hopefully Ole Miss can uh, have a little bit of a bounce back year. Uh, you know, last year was kind of rough. I mean, not coming off the national championship. And then they just looked inept at times last year. But uh, you know, hopefully they can they can have a bounce back year this year. Yeah, it's hard to play when you really only have three or four guys being consistent, um, especially in the SEC. It's consistent and healthy. That's – they just really – never got going last year and that was can't do anything there yep so uh now we'll go ahead and bring on our uh our next special guest here charlie condon how you doing man what's up guys how are y'all doing doing good thanks for uh taking the time to talk with us oh no absolutely i appreciate y'all having me on yeah anytime man so we were just talking about um the permanent matchups and everything and we had you know, skipped over Georgia because we were waiting to talk with you. But one thing that we'd expressed is the excitement with Wes Johnson taking over the head coaching role and kind of the energy and stuff that he's going to um, inject into the program. What have you seen under him just, you know, really for the fall since he's got on campus? Oh, no, it's been awesome. You know, um, Coach Johnson's been massive for chemistry, you know, just bringing in all the knowledge that he's had being around the SEC and, and big league programs with the Twins for a while. He's been massive just for pitcher development, but then also just establishing a new culture of, like, just believing in yourself is one of the big things he drives home. Um, so it's been awesome to have him. We're lucky to have him. 
Did they uh, did they lock you out of the facility? Yeah, dude. You know it's crazy. They um, they they're so stickler about this fingerprint thing. I'm I'm working on it. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're good, man. <laughs> no, we we love to see guys going in. You know that's uh, you got to put the work in if you want to win, right? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, they're. Uh, Man, you'd swear you'd swear you could find a way in this place. <laughs> you know, I, I think if anyone could, it would probably be you. <laughs> we might be having to take an alternate route here in a second. Uh-oh. All right, so for the first time in a long time, there's no Tate in the Georgia clubhouse. You know, we That's had Connor right. and Tate for a while. Um there's a, a ton of new guys coming through the program. No Ben Anderson, um, guys who have kind of just been there for a while. The the new guys coming in, what have you seen from how y'all have been able to gel and play together in the fall? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, we've got – we were really active in the portal this off season, just trying to go get some guys that have some college experience and have had big high-pressure situation at bats. Um, and so we've definitely got – what it takes to, to be a, an SEC lineup that's not fun to pitch against. Um, you know, we've also got a good crop of freshman class, some guys that are, were really talented high school players and are going to project great um, here at the next level. So, I mean, it's all really exciting. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a gauntlet one through nine, and it's been a competitive fall, just guys competing for spots, and that's that's kind of what you're looking for in a fall. Um, but it's been it's been all really productive and good. So what are some of the biggest changes you've seen with Wes Johnson coming in? Yeah, you know, it's um, he's he's a big analytics guy, big technology analytics, um, stuff like that. So I don't get to see all the behind the scenes of it, not being a pitcher, but I live with two pitchers and they're always coming home talking about it and super excited about all the metric stuff and all the analysis that they get just with the, the force plate mounds and stuff like that. I can't dive too deep into it because I don't really know too much about what I'm talking about but um I mean it's it's just been really good I mean he's got so many stories and so much knowledge to share just with his path throughout baseball and how long he's been around the game um but just to have his mind and his he's such a good baseball mind it's it's going to be a massive weapon for us in the spring yeah I know on the mound last year um you know, having guys stay healthy, a little bit of consistency was issue game to game. Um, who are some guys this year that you're looking to – or who have balled out this fall and can take that step to kind of, you know, anchor a rotation or anchor a bullpen? Oh, yeah, no doubt. So we've um, got some good returning guys coming back from the staff. Uh, some of the big names that jump out to me that uh, have been great this fall and had really good summers are Chandler Marsh and uh, Leighton Finley are two guys that – both went up to the Cape this summer. Um, I think Chandler was with Harwich and Leighton was with YD. And both just really just – I admire those guys so much and their ability to just put their head down and get work done. Um, they're going to be just big anchors, whether it be – they can both hold a rotation spot or be big time out of the pen for us. But they've been big leaders this fall as far as just kind of rallying the troops in, in the pen and on the staff. Um, they're going to be – two guys that I'd be on the lookout for this spring. So who's the pitcher that you least look forward to facing? Uh, from our team or from around the around the SEC? Well, keep it within your team. You don't got to face them during the regular <laughs> season. Um, <laughs> my most uncomfortable at that, I, I hate to give it to him because he's, he's going he's gonna to love hearing it, but Will Pearson has my number, and there's no getting around it. I've got – He's one. He's been our big time just matchup bullpen out of the guy or out of the bullpen guy for us. Um, but he's a little sidearm righty guy and just picks me apart with 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 no remorse. But he's been great for us and he's he's going to do great things for us this year as well. Yeah. So as long as he doesn't spill the secrets, then I think <laughs> yeah. I'd be the only one who can pick exactly. you apart. Exactly. I got to find a way to keep him quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Charlie, right, so, you. Uh, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to just get to your thoughts on the permanent opponents for Georgia moving forward. Um, yeah. You know, you got Florida and Auburn. Um, when you saw that released, what what do you think? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think the the whole the whole scheduling thing it's it's really cool, and especially 
I'm not too surprised by how it turned out. You know, I think it's awesome to have the the Georgia Florida rivalry as something that can be a reoccurring event. You know, it's always so fun going down to Gainesville this past year, and then we'll have them up here in Athens this year. But just being able to to just a tradition that's so old and goes back so far throughout all the different sports. Um, it's awesome to be a part of that. And then Auburn also is kind of people don't really recognize it as much of a rivalry as it really feels. Um, but just that's also through other sports and things like that. But those are just two really good close by opponents that feel like interstate rivals, but they're, they might not be geographically, but they're two always really fun series. Yeah, people might not know it, but Georgia and Auburn do not like each other. No, no, they don't. There's no love I mean, lost when those two get together. I mean, it's called the South's oldest rivalry for a reason. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so where are you most looking forward to playing this year? Yeah, you know, um, that's one of the big things I've been trying to work on this fall is kind of be a little bit of a versatile position piece. Um, I've bounced around corner infield, corner outfield, played a little center. Um, I, I think I feel most comfortable in the corner outfields, um, whether it be left or right. I don't have much of a preference there, but just kind of being a guy that can move around within the lineup if, if that needs to be the case, just whether it be based off pitching matchups or anything of that nature. Yeah, flexibility never hurts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what uh, what stadiums and venues are you most looking forward to uh, to visiting this year? No doubt. Yeah, we had a good road schedule last year, but also a really strong one this year. You know, I'm really looking forward to Tennessee and South Carolina. I know y'all just got done talking with Big E, but um, getting to go see those guys will be really fun at Founders. And then Tennessee's always a great spot, too. Um, But um, I think we've got them, and then we've got A&M on the road as well. So College Station's going to be really cool to see. I mean, there's not not a park in the SEC that's that's not fun to go to, though, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, especially when you swing it like you do. <laughs> they, they can all be pretty fun. <laughs> Thank you. So what were the uh, what was your main focus for uh, improvement in this offseason? Yeah, I'd say it's just kind of some of that position versatility like we just talked about, and then also just working on expanding my frame. Um, you know, I'm a little bit of a leaner guy, but just trying to add some pounds and strength wherever we can um, while still – keeping my range of motion and flexibility and, and, and swing patterns all the same. Um, but other than that, just just trying to not not overcomplicate things too much and just really get comfortable with this new squad that's that's going to do really big things here in the spring. Man, uh, if you're if adding you had... power, the SEC better watch out. <laughs> yeah, that's the focus. <laughs> so if you had to define what a successful season for Georgia baseball would be this year, what do you think it would be? Oh, we're we're going all the way to Nebraska, man. I mean, just to 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 get all the way out there to the postseason. That's that's where this team belongs. Um, the talent that's in the state of Georgia is is unmatched. You know, just as far as the high school level, and, and this state deserves to be a, a consistent postseason team, which I think it's really going to be here in the next coming years. Um, but we want to host. We want to host a super. We want to do all that. Um, and I think it could be coming to Athens pretty soon. Yeah, you're all bringing in a top 10 recruiting class this year. Yeah. Uh, I guess this year being for for next year, but y'all just signed a top 10 recruiting class. It seems like you know, we all know Wes Johnson can recruit and coach. So yeah. having that guy operating in the middle of Georgia, it's he's going to get some dudes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be massive. It's going to be scary to see where this program is going to go in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, I always refer to Georgia's right now they're a sleeping giant. Exactly. Is it's everything. The facilities are there. The talent is around. It's just a matter of getting those guys in bulldog uniforms and then having those guys healthy out on the field. Right. Yeah. No doubt. That's that's a big focus over here. Find your way in the sure. stadium. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm wandering around the outfield right now. I jumped the fence to get out here. <laughs> Charlie kind of break it in to the Georgia Stadium. Yeah, here we are. Nice. A little impromptu <laughs> tour. <laughs> so who are some of the uh some of the newcomers on this on this team that uh everybody should be looking out for? Yeah, for sure. Um I mean it's it's a lot I'll start with the bats first. Um 
I'd say Dylan Carter, Clayton Chadwick, two guys out of the state of Texas. Um, Dylan coming from Texas Tech and Clayton coming from Sam Houston. Uh, both going to be really big guys. And then one more Texas guy that's kind of hard to even forget about, the freshman All-American, Colby Branch out of Baylor. Um, just going to do massive things for the top half, middle part of this lineup. Um, just dudes that have consistent at-bats and are, are really gritty and tough to get out um, and really solid defensively too. I mean, watching Dylan Carter run around in the outfield has been a ton of fun this spring. Dude covers some ground out there, but I'd say those are some of the big three. And then from the staff-wise, um, I'd say Zach Harris out of Georgia Southern. I think he was one of their weekend rotation guys. He's been five to six this 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 fall and um, just been all over it. Um, but plenty of guys, you know, Joshua Burge, who's an older guy uh, coming from, he's been D3, D2, been all over the place, but he's an older dude, but he's been five to seven for us this fall and just guys commanding the zone and um, and, and taking charge of at-bats and really just controlling the strike zone. It's, it's really encouraging. Yeah, throwing strikes, you know, got to be a problem a couple of times for y'all last year. Right. Um, how has, I know, I know you're not a pitcher, but as a hitter, have you seen pitchers consistently fill up the zone more than you did at this point last year? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Guys are coach Johnson's big on that stuff. Just going out there and trusting what you knowing what you're good at and being able to execute it. Um, it's, it's, it's been really competitive for the hitters, you know um, it's been a, it's been a pretty even fall, you know, coach Johnson, we've always got the, the track man, uh, strike zone on the scoreboard so they're getting squeezed up there and it makes it a little bit easier for hitters but it's definitely um those edges will, those edges will soften up a little bit once the spring rolls around um and i think these guys are going to be able to to execute and get ahead and just put guys away which is what we need yeah we've seen some reports out of georgia fall camp if you popping off a little bit how how's fall felt for you personally no, for it's it's been good. You know, it's always just fun to to get back in the swing and having consistent at bats. Um, you know, we just kind of rolled right right from spring into summer ball, and then getting back to campus here this fall. It's it's nice to never really have too much of the time off, except coming up here for Christmas. But going home will be nice too. Um, but no, it's been it's been a ton of fun just uh, to share the locker room with these new guys and just get to make so many good friends that you know you'll you'll keep in touch with for the rest of your life. Yeah, with all these new guys coming in, you know, how's the uh, the team chemistry? You know, how how are you guys gelling as a team? Oh, it's great. You know, um, one of those guys I mentioned earlier, Dylan Carter, he's just an absolute glue guy for us in the locker room. You know, he just kind of jumped right in, and is he, he's just awesome for everybody. And I think there's not there's not a guy on this roster that I wouldn't consider a good friend of mine. Um, everybody's just so close. We're we're not a clicky group. Everybody kind of hangs out together away from the field, which I think is one of the big keys that doesn't maybe get talked about as much, but just having just a tight knit group that, that like just can always mold together and um, enjoy spending time with each other on the field and, and away from it. Yeah. You always hear about, um, you don't ever hear about the clicky teams. You just hear about like locker room issues and then yeah. you hear about cohesive teams. So it seems like the cohesive teams are the ones who actually have success during the year. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I know that. It's a huge part of it. So it's a long spring, and you know the the ability to to play for each other and play together. It, it just makes it so much easier and so much more effective. So Ethan Petri was t earlier was talking to us about uh, all the Fortnite that those guys play. Uh, are, is Georgia a big Fortnite school? You know, it's making a comeback. I I, I can't lie. I, I've um <laughs> I, I've been on it the past couple of days, um, probably more than I need to be. Um, but no, it's 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 been good. You know. It's just another way for guys to chill away from the field, but uh, yeah, I'd say it's it's definitely making a comeback in Athens too. They're they're not the only ones dealing with stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, what what? Where do you drop? Where's where's your go to oh, landing gosh. spot? Man, I'm a passive guy. I'm I'm hanging around the corners. I'm I'm snobby shores. Um, you know, uh, maybe now and then if I'm feeling frisky, I'll go retail row or something like that. But other than that, I'm, I'm passive and I'm, I'm hiding in bushes for sure. Yeah. I, I was always a land and lonely lodge that <laughs> yeah. tall tower and then just make my trek into wherever I needed to go. Yep. I don't know. Maybe I'm too old. I was never a Fortnite guy. Yeah. You're too old. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, Charlie, uh, thank you for squeezing us in. I know it's been, no, of course. Uh, we literally were able to grab you on your way into the facilities. <laughs> um, what time, or I guess, what is y'all's fall world series looking like? And, um, you know, what can we expect to see, um, from Georgia in general this spring? Yeah, you know, uh, we uh, we had our last fall exhibition against KSU this past Sunday, so that was kind of the end marker of, of our fall season. It was we played our two exhibitions against Florida and then KSU over here. It was really good. Got to see um, a lot of guys get good at bats, and just you know, it's always nice playing against someone wearing a different color after playing so many inter squads in the fall. But um, you know, this spring it's 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 exciting, man. I get I get chill bumps talking about it, but. Um, it's it's going to be a high it's going to be a high firepower offense with with the defense that can can back up the staff. It's it's going to be a complete package, and I think it's going to be a, a, a big jump from last year. Awesome. I, I I always say that there are certain teams when they're better, college baseball is better, and Georgia is one of those teams to yeah. where a, a, a good competitive, you know, week in week out solid Georgia team just elevates the sport. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Charlie, we're uh, we're looking forward to watching you play this spring, and uh, you know, looking forward to maybe you uh, breaking the single season home run record. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> you know, that's uh, no no complaints here with something like that. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, man. We'll catch you later. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for hopping on. Mm-hmm. I hope uh, they don't get not- mad that I told them both I want them to break the season season home run record. Hey, they were in a little bit of a race last year, and it worked out pretty well. So yeah, um, but yeah, not, not bad for first show. You get two uh, freshman All Americans. You get um, the SEC Freshman of the Year. Uh, it's yeah, it's pretty pretty good start. Yeah, I'd say so. And uh, you know, looking forward to you know doing some more shows here in the in the preseason. I think we'll get we'll get a. Uh, over the over the next few weeks, we'll get some shows together, do some uh, some breakdown, go team by team, talk about fall and, and preview kind of what each team is going to look like this spring, um, and then uh, you know we'll get into the season. Yeah, it's it's off season now, but in college baseball, there really is no off season. That's There's right. always no. always grinded behind the scenes, and you know, we will we will do our best to. Um, keep you engaged and connected with with the sport and what's going on before the season gets started. So. All right. Well, thanks AJ. We'll, uh, we'll catch everybody next time. Yes, sir.